Mediated Conversation on SAFM. 27 minutes to 9 the time. Good morning. Do you know if your SIM card, your cell phone number, has been recut? Do you know if it's actually, in fact, entirely legal? At the moment, it's reported there are around 165 million SIM cards that seem to enter our market every year. And there's been consistent reporting over the years that the majority of them are, in fact, not properly recut. Just this week, Business Day reported again it appears most SIM cards are in fact not legal. When the RECA system was brought in, as I understood the idea, it was that for every SIM card, it had to be registered to a person. If you bought a SIM card, you had to show your ID document, and thus the SIM card was connected to you. This would help government and the police investigate crimes, and in particular cases of terrorism, when cell phones are used to plan and instigate terrorist acts. But as I think you probably know, it's incredibly easy to get hold of a SIM card that's not registered. Probably easier to get one that's not recut than to get one that is. Probably the local shop near you, a taxi rank, a market, you'll be able to get a SIM card. However, the cell phone operators are also supposed to play a role to make sure that the cards on the net- networks are recut. So then what is going on and how has this happened? First, you'll hear from Amor Berger-Smith, a competition lawyer and an expert on data privacy, cybersecurity and regulatory affairs. Amor is at the law firm Worksman's. Then you'll hear from Jan Vermeulen, the editor at mybroadband.co.za, about what is happening and why there are so many unrecut SIM cards. What are the consequences of this for you legally? Advocate Zaniwe Ntatisi is the CEO of a dig- of a digitally legal, and then the impact of this on our society. Tabor Kass is the chair of Public Interest SA. We start then with Amor Berger Smith. Amor, good morning, and thank you for your time. Morning, Stephen. Thank you for having me. When the RICA system came in, how was it supposed to work? What was it supposed to do? Well, you know, you you partly said it already in the introduction. Indeed, every SIM card is supposed to be linked to a warm body. You know, it's not only terrorism. We're looking at human trafficking. We're looking at drug trafficking. And all of that, from a societal point of view, the aim was through RICO to monitor it. And it placed huge responsibilities on cell phone mobile network operators to ensure that RICO, that SIM cards are RICO. Now, the little problem we've got that actually... Um, resulted in this tsunami of unrecut um, SIM cards is that we can't expect every single mobile network operator to be all over the country. They need to rely on third parties that they contract with to distribute their SIM cards to society. Because we, one thing we do know is we want 100% coverage throughout South Africa. And here in comes the problem because these independent distributors that contract with the mobile network operators then um, pre-reca or um, SIM cards and sell that on to anyone wanting to buy one. And a lot of this has been reported um, over the last couple of months. So why has it sort of fallen apart so spectacularly? Was it not foreseeable that some of this would happen? I don't think it's fallen apart, uh, you know, spectacularly at this stage. It's always been prevalent. The reality is we are now very much aware of it. And the mobile network operators are grappling with various issues to address this. You know, from a competition law perspective, they can't get together, sit around the table and decide how they will uh, trade in SIM cards because that will be deemed, you know, competitors agreeing on trading conditions and would 
end up as a cartel operating in terms of the Competition Act. At the same time, we've got a piece of legislation that sits under the Department of Justice. We've got the competition legislation. We've got ICASA that plays a role in all of this. And we, the mobile operators have been raising issues and raising the concern that they are in actual fact unable to give effect to the legislation. What we now need is for government to come together and assist the mobile network operators to address it. But this issue has been raised on over a number of years by the network mobile operators that they find it almost impossible to monitor. And, you know, there are ideas being thought about in terms of, you know, how do we seal the, um, the, the, the SIM card? How do we ensure that it can't be pre-recut? But it all comes down to how do you actually enforce it? Um, so... There must be, I mean, is there an official figure of how many SIM cards are not registered? So I would imagine there's a government number of how many SIM cards have been recorded, and I suppose the networks will have their own numbers of how many SIM cards are on their networks. So are we able to actually come to any kind of figure here? Because, I mean, surely this data shouldn't be that hard to get, or maybe it is. Yeah, well, there, it is very difficult to verify it. And there in comes data privacy and the rules from a legislative perspective. And I'll, I'll elaborate a bit on that. But the core point is we've got various pieces of legislation that should fit together like a puzzle to bring a resolution to a problem. And that's not happening um, if, we, if we consider that. Now, if we think about the mobile network operators, the problem is to which databases do they have access to to verify whether it is indeed a Moorberger Smith applying for this SIM card and to be able to verify it. They might have access to um, ID numbers to verify it, but they don't have access in terms of um, passport numbers to verify that. So they're unable to verify whether these are indeed all um, a warm body sitting behind uh, or identifiable individuals that holds onto a SIM card. And that's the access they've got to various points where they can verify the validity of uh, uh, an individual's identity, Stephen. And herein lies a massive problem. And if we can't get together in various departments, the, SIM, the mobile network operators are unable to verify the correctness of, of SIM cards. You know, every single mobile network operator in South Africa have got a division dealing with the RICO compliance. And they are confronted with massive problems to actually verify the validity. And they've got processes in place in terms of blocking SIM cards and trying to um, uh, get rid of these illegal, can I call it, um, RICO SIM cards on the market. But they're unable to catch everything because they don't have access to the necessary information to verify the validity thereof. Thank you very much indeed. Amor Berger-Smith is a competition lawyer and expert on data, privacy and cybersecurity and regulations at Worksman's. You are there, CFM. 19 minutes now to nine. Your mediated conversation continues on this issue. Jan Vermeulen is the editor at mybroadband.co.za. Jan, good morning. Good morning. We've heard about what's supposed to happen in law. What's really happening in practice? I mean, how easy is it to get an unrecorded SIM card? Yeah, it's dead easy. And um, we've reported about it, and, and it's uh, great to see um, the, the business day verifying this. Uh, uh, again, that, that there's, no, there's no improvement, really. 
Um, and the, just to make sure that uh, we're all speaking from, you know, the, the, the same, seeing from the same hymn sheet here, when we're saying unrecurred sim, it's actually technically recurred. It's just recurred with false information. And uh, as, as um, uh, Kate's uh, recent report um, uh, said, you know, there's cases of uh, sims being registered to Donald Duck and, and all kinds of fictional names. And um, unfortunately, the, the um, uh, rising incidence of identity theft in South Africa also makes it increasingly difficult to police that these RICA registrations are indeed legitimate. The, the fact that our own credit bureaus have been hacked or breached or um, had their data leaked by um, unscrupulous insiders has not helped matters uh, because it means that essentially every South African's identity number is available on the internet for someone who wants to use it, and uh, and falsifying you know the necessary documents um, when you know a RICO operator is not going to you know necessarily look too closely at it and and register you know those false details in the system is not hard. Uh, so um, there's it's it's uh, quite an intractable problem. Are people making money? So what I'm trying to get to is the sheer number. When people are selling SIM cards like this, something's driving it. So is someone making money by doing this? You go and pre-reca SIM cards, you go and do whatever you need to do, and then you can take them to wherever you're going to sell them and go from there. Is that what's happening? There are financial incentives to um, to, to selling SIM cards. SIM cards are a a loss leader for the, the operators, and so they, they definitely want people to get SIM cards easily and start using minutes and data on that SIM um, to, to you know, recover that initial loss that they take on the actual piece of plastic. But um, it's, it's not, you know, like uh, these, um, you know, these small cellular shops that you see in, in, in various shopping centers all over the country that do these pre-recas. Uh, it's not like they're coining it off this. They're not making, you know, millions of rands off of, um, uh, uh, falsely registering these sims. It's purely a convenience thing. It's so that they don't have to, you know, stand there in a shop when, you know, let's say uh, that you've got a certain surge of customers in the shop, which for a shop like that might be just five or six people at the same time. And now one person wants to buy a sim and they have to stand there for 30 minutes battling with the recommission to get it done. Far easier to just um, do it beforehand on some other person's name or some fictitious name. And uh, when somebody comes in for a sim, they give you the the five rand or whatever they're going to charge, you give them the sim and off they go out of your shop so you can tend to the next customer. Um, is there any consequence for an individual? So if I get an unreca, if I get a sim that's a reca to someone else, does it actually matter to me at all? Yeah, that's a great question. I've not heard of any prosecutions uh, uh, you know, with people with uh, falsely registered sim cards, and I have not honestly heard of any uh, prosecution as a result of RICA at all. Um, the, if, they ha if RICA has been at all useful uh, for the police to crack down on these so-called organized criminals and, and terrorism that it's supposed to prevent, uh, they, they haven't really made it clear. Uh, so uh, the, the value of the, the law as a whole is quite dubious. Um, Sir, so, I mean, it would seem to me there's just no way to fix this or no easy way to fix this because um, technically they're Rika, just not to the right person, as you point out. Exactly. And, and uh, so from, from where I'm sitting, the, the way to fix this is to, uh, um, because there's some suggestions, for example, from Vodacom that there should be a maximum limit 
to the number of SIMs that could be registered to an individual. And that wouldn't fix the problem either. It would just make it hard for people like me who work in the industry, who tend to do a lot of tests and might end up with 20 SIMs registered to my name. Um, uh, and so uh, that's just, and you know, what happens uh, when you've got mass machine to machine or what they call uh, Internet of Things rollouts, uh, where, you know, uh, you've got companies monitoring things like rhino horns in the country. And, and it, it just, uh, that's a needless complication. So from where I'm sitting is get rid of the whole requirement to know your customer a SIM card. Um, it's fine to do know your customer at banks because banks have far better centralized controls for this thing. You have to go into a branch or, mm. You know, they've got effective centralized controls for identity verification, whereas mobile operators do not. And so the government, uh, from where I'm sitting, has one of two choices. Get rid of this thing entirely. It's a, it's a needless burden. And focus on policing. Empower the police, which has already started. The police have received an exemption to use all kinds of surveillance equipment um, to, you know, that, that uh, it, other things intercept cellular signals and so on. So, so rely on good policing to, to handle this sort of thing rather than uh, trying to rely on, on a cellular company's record. Well, we seem to, would you believe, have lost Bojo, uh, lost um, Jan Vermeulen there, the editor at mybroadband.co.za. Sorry about that. Uh, but uh, he was explaining uh, what he was saying there about Rika. You were there, CFM, 14 minutes to nine. Let's continue a mediated conversation around the issue with Rika and uh, some cars that are not registered in the proper names. Uh, Advocate Zaniwe Intatisia Sare is the CEO of Digitally Legal. Zaniwe, good morning and thanks for your time. I'm not sure if uh, Zaniwe is with us. Let's see if we are able to get through to her and just uh, continue the conversation uh, with her now. Zaniwe, there you are. Sorry about that. Good morning. Right. No, unfortunately, not able to hear from her uh, at this moment. Not entirely sure what the issue is, but uh, we'll try and get back to her in just a moment. Also, Tabojo Kass will be with us in just a moment to give us his view on all of this. But of course, as you know, there are many different things uh, to look at around unregistered SIM cards. Do you know where you got your SIM card? Uh, I suppose would be one of the questions and how it was recorded uh, because of I, the, all I was, the issues. Yeah, Zaniwe, good morning. You're on the radio now. Good morning. Sorry about that. Morning, um, Jan Fumulen was saying that for him, the only way around all of these problems was to change the RICA Act. So, in other words, um, if we can't change the situation on the ground, it's better to change the law. Should we do that? So the law is only as strong as the people that enforce it. Um, I think it would be great to change the law, but when we do this, we need to do it in a way that you know puts out specific steps to say if this happens, this, these are the consequences, the repercussions. So a, a really good point was uh, was asked by Yasin. You know, what are the repercussions of an individual holding or, or, or owning a SIM card that is not registered to them? And the answer there is, you know, these laws are cross-cutting. So for instance, if you look at the, the registration of a SIM card, you're using an identity number, a name, a surname, so personal information that does fall under the Data Protection Act of South Africa. And we know that if you are not using someone else's data, that in itself is a crime. So there really is scope to keep people accountable. But the issue here is the enforceability and people actually taking people to task. So the lawmakers, the regulators, law enforcement agencies, if that section or that part of um, utilizing SIM cards and governance of SIM cards works, then we'll certainly uh, you know, be going in the right direction. 
Um, so we have seen, and I mean, this happened in Nigeria. They, they, there was a huge sort of tussle between them and MTN um, because they said that uh, MTN hadn't uh, followed the correct procedures, which was sort of similar to a RICA uh, procedure. Um, could our government do something like that to the sim, to the cell to the cell phone operators here as well? I mean, I can't imagine the chaos that would occur if they did. So, excellent, excellent points, Stephen. Um, the work that we do uh, as Digital Legal in Africa has really um, highlighted some of these deficiencies. So, as South Africa, we've got you know um, a really good ID system compared to our neighbouring countries. And this really gives us a platform to do exactly that. You know, we could, whether it's linking biometric details to a specific SIM card, we've got the capacity to do so. You will find that we've got, you know, other African um, countries that don't have the biometric data that is connected to an individual's identity number or identity card. So, you know, I think if we do work together with private sector and government to ensure that we bring in the technology, and I think it's just, you know, tweaks the enhancing technology. We certainly can do that. So if you look at Nigeria's example, for instance, um, I, last week, actually, ironically, we were speaking about this with the um, Communications Commission of Nigeria. They are quite proud of themselves to say we have linked biometric data to our SIM cards to ensure that we mitigate fraud, we mitigate crimes. But not just that, to ensure that they can create almost like an identity for the unbanked, the people who use telehealth to ensure that it is that individual's identity and that they can um, create this digital profile that can give them access to things that typically they would not have had. So it's quite progressive, not just from a legal perspective and compliance and you know mitigating risk and fraud, but it actually helps people who are generally economically disadvantaged to get access to creating credit scores or um, you know this digital identity that can verify that from a KYC perspective, it is that individual indeed. Zaniwe, thank you. Zaniwe and Titia Sare is the CEO of Digitally Legal in a moment to Boho Cast from Public Interest SA. Mediated conversation on SAFM. Continue your mediated conversation around the issue around SIM cards that are not properly recorded. Recorded to people who don't actually own them. To Boho Cast is the chair of Public Interest SA. To Boho, good morning. Good morning, Stephen. When we have this, when people are using SIM cards that are not registered to them, what consequences are there? For society, I mean, it must allow all sorts of criminal acts, and it means that the aims of the original RICO Act are simply not being met. The consequences are dire for society. Um, we would have identity theft, as we already have, um, which is then being used to affect retail operations, where people open um, retail accounts or even bank accounts, um, maybe not so much bank accounts, um, because banks have got robust systems that are linked to the Home Affairs National Identification System, but it still does happen. But society is the loser because of the unscrupulous nature of resellers who sell already pre-recorded SIM cards. And they don't do that without the tacit approvals of the uh, mobile network operators because the mobile network operators themselves put pressure on resellers to ensure that they uh, they actually sell more SIM cards to make sure that they maintain an edge in terms of market share uh, uh, by getting more SIM cards onto the system. So resellers can, I mean, uh, network operators cannot plead uh, uh, victim or ignorance on this matter because they are just as com- complicit as those who actually sell these uh, pre-recorded SIM cards. That's quite a big thing to say. Why do you say they're as complicit as those who, who do it? 
They are as complicit because in the end they benefit from a a, a new connection onto their network. Uh, for example, um, as long as they maintain their network subscribers' numbers, they know that the, the revenue generation capabilities will be enhanced. So, and if they can even get a migration uh, from one network to the other uh, to theirs, uh, they benefit even much more so. And for every SIM card that they know that they can sell prepaid airtime uh, or any other services that or data that come with the SIM card, they benefit. And they're just keeping a blind eye to make sure that it doesn't happen. Which is why Nigeria, as one of the, as Zandiwe has, uh, has, has aptly put it, the compliance is high because the Nigerian government put its foot down and say this far and no more. And to the idea that that uh, Jennifer Mellon was saying that we should do away with the law, I think it's uh, it's rather fantastical mm. because it's like saying because people break the traffic laws, therefore you must do away with the traffic mm. ordinances, which is an an incredibly uh, f- f- fantastical, if not. Uh, incredible suggestion because we must make sure that there's enforcement and already we do have systems for example you've got matured robot systems that the banks have where biometrics are being used to ensure that you are the person who claim you are and when you open an account and especially then they can link it to your own sim card when the RICA laws were passed in around 2011 initially introduced we didn't have the kind of sophisticated uh, telephone devices as we do have now Today, you can actually even log into your own bank account using your facial recognition or any other, some other form of biometrics. Why is it that that, can, that type of system cannot be used to ensure that we actually uh, recover our own telephone uh, uh, SIM card? Mm. And, and that, for me, points at ICASA's inability, or, or rather, uh, yes, inability or rather reluctance to ensure that we can force um, robust uh, uh, biometric registration of SIM cards. This is already happening in China, Bangladesh, Jordan, Saudi Arabia, the UN, many other countries. Why is it so difficult that we cannot do it uh, here locally? And for us, it points the finger again at the revolving door uh, 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 phenomenon at ICASA, uh, largely because individuals largely uh, aspire to actually go join mobile network operators. Okay. I mean... To change this with so with so many SIM cards registered to the wrong people, I mean, if the networks just switch them off, there'll be complete chaos. We couldn't really do that. At the same time, I mean, I'm reminded, of course, of how important cell phone evidence has been in the Sinzumio murder case. I mean, if you couldn't tie that cell phone to an individual, you might have a very different understanding of things. So it does show you we need to do something. Yes, we, we, must, make, we must make up our minds. We cannot have our cake and eat it as society. It's either we have full enforcement and compliance with the laws, or we just don't have or pass these laws. Because we cannot then expect, on the one hand, that law enforcement ability to detect and follow up on criminal acts is enhanced, while at the same time, we don't provide the tools, or the tools are there, but they're just not following the laws. So we're a country of governed by the rule of law, and therefore we must make sure that we aspire to enforce them, including imposing uh, punitive fines to mobile network operators who don't comply, because the only thing that they understand business or, 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 or commerce understands is punitive fines that hit their bottom line. That's when you have the CEOs and the chair, chair people uh, actually responding. 
Tabochal Kass. Thank you, Chair of Public Interest SA. Really appreciate the time. Bringing an end to your conversation around Rika and SIM cards. My thanks also to Jan Vermeulen, the editor at mybroadband.co.za. As a new Tatisia Sare, the CEO of Digitally Legal, and starting us off today, Amor Berger-Smith, the competition lawyer and expert on data privacy, cybersecurity, and regulatory affairs at Worksman's. Well, lots to come through the day. Kathy is, of course, next. We'll see you tomorrow from Mpop, from Stanza, from Do Myself, Look After Yourself. You're with SFM leading the conversation. Good morning. It's nine o'clock.